2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, you know, I think our young men and women that we send to war are our best and our brightest. They deserve better. They deserve an open airing of what is the mission. I've been saying for several years now that I can't meet a general anywhere who can tell me really what is the mission we're trying to accomplish in Afghanistan. Well,
0: Rand Paul, it turns out, according to the Washington Post reporting that uh, came out yesterday and is ongoing this week, the reason you couldn't find a general that could tell you what was going on is they didn't
3: have any idea what was going on and were saying that to each other behind the scenes. And haven't for a very, very long time. The Washington Post, with a blockbuster multi part uh, piece of journalism about the war in Afghanistan and the way the American people have been misled and the uh, overspending and the waste and the it just it, it goes on and on uh, out this week it 's absolutely fascinating. We encourage you to read it, but to discuss the topic in general uh, we 've invited uh, Mike Lyons, military analyst for CBS News. Uh, also a, uh, a man who uh, commanded um, combat uh, troops in Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm, etc., and knows what he's talking about. Mike, how are you, sir? Oh, good morning, guys. Great to be back talking about this difficult topic here. Uh, yeah, let's, and, and we've talked about it through the years with you, but can you help us understand why the military and the civilian government so often – just hits. Things are going well. We're making progress. Things are going great. We're about to turn the corner. Why that drumbeat even when everybody knows it's not true? I
4: think it's this level of cognitive dissonance. It's not accepting what's what's actually happening. I think um, the report in and above itself doesn't really distinguish between lying, which the people on the ground say that they're not doing versus failing. There was, there was a lot of failing going on, but it looks like it's being portrayed as they were lied to. So you take that, you know, kind of the bureaucracy is going to bureaucracy mentality. Um, you lay over 16 named commanders uh, in the time frame since uh, the whole thing started. Um, you basically don't have an 18-year war. You have um, 16 one-year wars that that uh, are led by 18 different individuals. And so, so you, you've bring all these things together um i think the article you know, i spent some time yesterday trying to find the other side of the story and talking to people that were involved and um are, are now doing some self-analysis of, of what was going on and they're just concerned that this painted a broad brush because what they tried to do was this they tried to take an afghan a poor country and make it rich but the bottom line is afghan's a violent country and to take a violent country and make it peaceful is a wholly different mission and something that you know, maybe we shouldn't be trying to do
0: Maybe maybe I should back back up a, a second. Did you know this story was coming in the Washington Post, and when you first saw it, what was your reaction?
4: No, I thought I knew that this was coming from this particular author, and I think that uh, there was concern that he was going to tell the story the way he did—that it was more of a scandalous, more of a, you know, more of kind of a sensationalist thing. And, and when in fact you've got to dig a little bit deeper into the story. For example, um, you got to look at Afghanistan pre-2006 and post-2006. You got to look at it post, pre, and post surge. You got to look at it, uh, different administrations, three presidents now, obviously involved with this. Um, so when you you do have to break down into pieces Um, again that threat of continuity i would say is not lying but it's failing and you know each different technique that was tried in order to gain different results failed and they're but mike if
3: mike if they're if they're failing but telling us they've succeeded and we're making great progress that's (laughs) I, i call that lying well yeah I'm not sure you saw
4: that you know we've not had any parades or celebrations about great progress there it's it's been more or less Things are going okay. we are just got to keep it going. I mean, look what happened when the president, this president, decided he wanted to take all the troops out of there. He was told no. And a lot of it does have to do with the bureaucracy that's underneath him, the industrial-military complex that um, is really somewhat of it's a, you know, a stone-deep state. It's its own thing that uh, has a, enough inertia to it. Um, th- I think a lot of the blame falls back on I called Big Army. Um, our, our army just signs up for these missions at times and the people running the military um, and, and thinks that they can get these things done and again that cognitive dissonance their inability to recognize what they can and can't do gets them in trouble
0: is is there something to do with the personality of uh, 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 uh of you military people and this is a good part of you people that are successful in the military You're can-do people You're optimists you look for the you know the good news in a story and figure out a way to fix it i mean those are the kind of people that are successful but those are also kind of the people that are the least likely to say this ain't ever going to work
4: Right. Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And that's the best example of it. Um, I, 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 I'm involved personally. I know the people, I know the, the commander on the ground in Afghanistan right now, a guy named Scotty Miller is my West Point classmate. And he tells me that they're doing good things there. And he says, it's like a, it's this place is like an ocean and there's just lots of sharks here and you just got to avoid the sharks. Now, you know, we live in a, a country that they don't have, we don't have sharks. We're not worried about things like that. And he's trying to paint it in a way that, you know, just, just right over that hill, it's the same, Mentality soldiers have had. I'll, I'll go back to the Civil War, go back to the, the mentality of the military to think, just over that hill, if we just get this one more thing accomplished, we'll be good, and then things and momentum will roll, and, and things will go on our way. Okay, well that's, that, the, that's one of those cultural things in our military.
0: Yeah, that, that's cool, and I get that, and that explains the military end of it, but the reason we have a civilian leadership in, a, in the United States and the way we've done it the way we've done it is so that that won't continue, I guess. How do we not have our civilian leadership, whether it's a president or Congress, were they getting the right information or were they being misled or what's going on there?
4: So politically, um, George Bush, invades Afghanistan first, gets distracted into Iraq, recognizes he's not going to get out of Afghanistan. Barack Obama ran under the platform that, that Iraq was always the bad war. We're going to focus on Afghanistan. So he comes in and doubles down on Afghanistan politically. Without really thinking through it, he brings in Petraeus, who at the time has this new way of warfare, a counterinsurgency, which is something that the big army doesn't want to do anyway. Petraeus is not necessarily uh, you know, in leading the big army to do this because they've got to do something different. Um, Barack Obama decides to send 30,000 more troops 2009, but they're going to come out in 18 months. John McCain says you can't keep it to a timeline. You know, this, that, this, that, and the other thing. Finally, enough's enough. Donald Trump says we're all coming out, and now everyone says, no, we can't do that because the whole thing will be destroyed. So who wants – Donald Trump at least is going to have the guts to leave Afghanistan. When the movie's finally over in two years, when the Taliban take back over the country and the the scene of the helicopter leaving the embassy roof is going to be replayed again uh, that we saw in 1975, at least Donald Trump doesn't care. He's going to have the guts to pull everybody out.
3: And I don't think Americans are going to care. Not much. You yeah. know, Mike, that that yeah. brings us, I think, to the great permanent overarching questions, which should uh, overarch every conflict we send American boys and girls into. And that is, do we have a specific achievable goal right. and do we have a sound strategy for achieving that? Uh, to me, yeah. having read, uh, you know, most of the m- multi part, uh, it's practically a book, um, Uh, It it seems pretty clear to me that the answers are are mostly no to those questions. I mean, at some point they they had an idea of what the specific goal was and and a pretty good idea of whether it was achievable. But I mean, that's just gotten swept away like the the very sands of that hell of a whole country.
4: Right. The, 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 what happened was, in big army perspective, the counterinsurgency guys, the kind of the, you know, the grass eaters, the bug eaters, the special ops guys ran this knowing that they that they could get this thing done. And kind of the big army guys, the tankers, the infantry, those the kind of the regular army guys took a back seat. Well, I can tell you this, the army's pivoted back now towards a focus on a big conflict. We're looking at possibly a conflict with the Chinese, for example, in the South China Sea. We could do something with Russia uh, and Europe. We're kind of gearing back towards that and, and moving away from this um but again t- to your point i think that um you know you know we owed ourselves uh, a better oversight and recognizing we were repeating history b- b- without trying to uh, do the same thing over again I,
0: I could talk to you about this all day uh, the war in afghanistan but we got one minute left i want a minute on training saudi nationals that at least some of them seem to be jihadists
4: Oh, my gosh. Send every one of them home. I, I'm furious about this. I can't even think for a second that the president gets on and says, don't worry, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is going to take care of those families. You explained to that, Ensign Naval Academy graduate, you explained to that mother on how her son died in a classroom training to be a pilot from a Saudi national. Every single one of those Saudis need to be removed from that school, sent back home. And we'll, we'll set the training up over there. But uh, there's just no excuse here. This president's got to make a decision. You want to support the troops? It starts right now by not putting us in a room there. And if it, we come to find out that they've infiltrated and there's sleeper cells in these places, um, shame on the FBI and shame on all of us for not figuring this out. I, I'm enraged wow. over this one, and I, he needed to do something about it.
3: Well said, Mike. Well said. Mike Lyons, military analyst for CBS News. Uh, always enlightening. We thank you very much for
1: the time, Mike. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me